Hi there, and welcome back to the Fire Inspired Young Apostolic Podcast, or FIRE for short. My name is Brother Matt, and uh, we have been talking about the journey uh, the journey to Easter, the journey to the cross, and uh, um, the other day I, I uh, meant to... Um, I meant to post this uh, second um, part to the journey, uh, journey to the cross, and uh, and I'm sorry I forgot about that. But uh, we ended it with uh, talking about the that uh, uh, about Judas being betrayed, uh, Judas betraying Jesus, and we had talked about that the journey to the cross started with the triumphant in, uh, entry or the triumphant ride into Jerusalem and that the next step in the journey was the alabaster anointing where the woman at Simon the leopard's house had anointed Jesus uh anointed him for his burial and then we we ended with betra- betrayed by a friend and talking about how Judas uh was planning and and uh besought to uh betray Jesus and uh, the next uh moment in time, as you were journeying to the cross, uh, was the Lord's Supper, and Jesus was celebrating the Passover uh, with his disciples when he when he said that one of them would betray him. The disciples deepen were deeply saddened, and each of them began to ask, "Lord, is it I?" Jesus explained he would go just as it was written about him. He's, he said in Mark, the 14th chapter, in the 21st verse, he says it like this, The Son of Man indeed goeth, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born and right as Jesus says this Judas asked master is it I and Jesus basically looked at him and basically said you yourself have said it and it appears that the other disciples were not aware of this exchange between Judas and Jesus on the back of discussing Jesus' betrayal, the disciples began to argue about who was the greatest. And Jesus was quick to tell them that he who rules should be like he who serves. And at this point, the disciples did not realize Jesus was about to exemplify the servant's heart with his submission to the cross. John the 13th chapter and the 34th verse tells us, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Jesus reminded them that true disciples have love. It was love that would cause others to recognize them as his followers. Even today, 
in the world in which we live in, love is the mark of evidence that we follow Christ. The next thing is Peter claimed that he was willing to follow Jesus, be it to prison or to death, even if everyone else abandoned him. He would still follow Jesus. But Jesus told Peter and said that before the rooster crowed that very night, that Peter would deny him three times. Luke, the 22nd chapter, and the 19th verse, tells it like this, And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it, and break it, and gave it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. The 20th verse goes on a little further and it says, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus took bread gave thanks, broke it, and gave pieces to each of his disciples to eat. Then he took a cup and, and gave thanks over the cup. You see, the bread symbolized his soon-to-be broken body that was given for us. It would be the ultimate sacrifice for all of our sins. The cup or the drink symbolized his blood that would be poured out for the redemption of sins. The Last Supper was not was not the first time Jesus referred uh, had referred himself to bread. In John the sixth chapter in the thirty third verse, John six and thirty five, John six and forty eight, and John's fifty and fifty one all make this claim. For time's sake, I'll just read just one. But John the, the, the 33rd, it says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. 50 and 51 tells it like this. It says, This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. 51 shows where Jesus exemplified or showed himself to be that bread where he said I am the living bread which came down from heaven if any man eat of this bread he shall live forever and the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world these words recorded in the sixth chapter of John you can kind of see them at times had annoyed the Jews you might say, well, how? Well, they didn't understand Jesus' meaning. And they couldn't comprehend he, what he was saying. He wanted to be an intricate part of their lives. They wondered how Jesus could give them his flesh to eat. And some were so confused they stopped following him. Wasn't that... It wasn't that they didn't understand. It was just that they didn't have their spiritual listening ears on. And their faith searching for the right frequency. 
You see, Jesus instruct, instructed the disciples to continue partaking in this. And today we call this communion. The disciples back then were, were to take this time, take this uh, ritual, take this uh, time of, of breaking bread and taking the cup. And when they did, they were supposed to take it in remembrance of Jesus. You see, this would commemorate his death. And it would also it would illustrate their anticipation of his great return. After partaking in the Passover meal, Jesus prayed for himself, his disciples, and all the believers that would come after all the events had happened. They also sung a hymn. And they went to the Mount Olives. Though some of Jesus' words had saddened them, the disciples could not foresee what was to come. They had just celebrated the Passover, and they didn't understand the final Passover lamb was about to be sacrificed on Calvary. And hours before Jesus' arrest, the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest. And we can stop and say, how does this mindset can be seen in today's time, in these very hours just before Jesus' second coming? We can look everywhere and someone wants to say that they're the greatest. They're arguing. But really we should be just unified together. So let's talk about pouring out our praise. In the New Testament times it was customary to wash the feet and anoint the head of a guest. The woman who was mentioned in Matthew and Mark went above and beyond her worship cost her something. It cost her pride, it cost money, and it cost her time. This woman did not know what was to come. She only knew that she must show her devotion to her Messiah, to her God in the flesh. And as she poured her ointment, the whole house would have been filled with its odor. When we worship God, our worship should be so potent that it fills all of our lives and, and fills the place in which we are. And you might say, well, well, what do you mean it should fill all of our lives? It should fill the way we look, how we talk, how we act, what we think, and how we behave. This woman, according to Mark 14, 8, it says that, that she did what she could. She couldn't stop the dark hours from coming. She couldn't stop Judas from betraying Jesus. She couldn't stop the crucifixion. She, did, 
she did not let what she couldn't do stop her from what she could do. And what could she do? She could love the Lord, her God, with all of her heart, her soul, her mind, and her strength. And you see, sometimes we, we may feel like we don't have much to offer. You may not have you may not be the greatest praise singer. You may not be known uh known as a good musician or you may not even know how to play an instrument. You may not even be good at teaching a Sunday school class or perhaps uh perhaps maybe being uh being the best um being the best youth worker. All that matters to God is that you do what you can for him. This woman didn't let the list of her can'ts hold her back. Don't allow what you cannot do to keep you from doing what you can do for God. So, let's pour out our praise. Secondly, let's make sure that Jesus is the king of your heart, of our heart. Palm Sunday commemorates the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem to, to cries of Hosanna, save us, save us now. By waving and in, in shrewing um, palm branches across Jesus' path, the crowd acknowledged him as Messiah, as the triumphant one, as the one that had come to save them. Though they recognized him as Messiah, they did not recognize him uh, did not recognize what kind of Messiah he was and still is. They had no need for a humble Messiah, so they thought, or for one who would be arrested and suffer. As a result, only days later they would they would cry out for his crucifixion. Today, many are, are eager to attach their identities to Jesus. They love wearing the label Christian. You might say, well, how? Well, we find them, we, we find them hanging crosses in their house. The popular WWJD on their wrist. You've probably even been driving and seen the, the fish decal or the fish symbol on their cars. And they talk about the mercy and grace of God. However, they are not willing to embrace the Bible's definition of what being a Christian really means. And what, it, what the Bible's very definition of being a true Christian is that they refuse to, they refuse to acknowledge that sin separates us from God. They have never died to self, to their self-pride, their self-agenda, in their own needs and wants. Where being a Christian causes inconvenience, hardship, or extra effort, that's where they draw the line. To acknowledge Jesus as Messiah, you must be willing to live His Word. Worship Him in the awesome times. Cling to him in the in the desperate times. Sell out to God at all cost. 
even when being a Christian is not in the latest style. Why? Because he's the king of your hearts. He's not just the king of your heart, but you're hungry for that bread of life. You see, at the Passover, during the Last Supper, Jesus told his disciples, This do in remembrance of me, as we just read. The first Passover marked the end of the Hebrews' slavery. And the last Passover, Christ's death, marked the end of the slavery to sin. When we take communion, it is in remembrance of Jesus' sacrifice to the cross. It is a celebration of the end of our slavery to sin. It reminds us Jesus is the bread that can satisfy a hunger that lies within an empty soul. The Lord promised he would give his people a new heart and new spirits. In Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, the 26th and 27th verse, it says, In a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statues, or cause you to walk in my... Um, ordinances or laws or commandments that ye and ye shall keep my judgments you'll keep my manners and do them when we re when we receive the holy ghost god literally takes your heart of full of sin as he describes as a stony heart that can't be touched. And he puts in a new heart of flesh. A heart that seeks after him. And he goes a little further and he says that God's law. The Ten Commandments. The things that he gave the Israelites to do right in his sight. The same are, are put within our heart. They're engraved. They're written on our heart. The Lord promised the time was coming when he would make a new covenant with Israel. We find this in Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, 31 through 34. Along with the Jews, these promises were extended to the Gentiles at Christ's death. Your sins are covered by the sacrifice of the ultimate final Passover lamb. It is possible for your spirit to be full and nourished by the bread of life which is Jesus Christ the crucified Savior that was buried in a tomb and three days later arose victoriously over sin, death, hell, and the grave. The journey to the cross took much, much patience, much humility, and much sacrifice. But as we can see, Jesus 
was willing to say, I'll take your place for you. And so as we journey to Easter, it all started with the journey to the cross. I pray this blessed you and that this is the second part of the journey to the cross. And uh, tune in to the next episode as we talk, as we're still talking about our journey to Easter, as we talk about the commitment to the cross.